What's up, y'all? Respect the Chat Podcast, episode 97. We are here, and we set it up without Frankie again. He's not here, but Rich is. What's going on, everyone? And Ryan is here. Yep. So hopefully we're recording. Hopefully Frankie could adjust our mics when we get to when he gets home, and then he could look at the podcast and see what happens. But we did pretty good. <laughs> Took All us a right. little bit, but we got it. We got it. Not bad. We're there. We're there. Winged it. Um, got a lot of things going on. Um, baseball's back. Basketball's back. About to be mm-hmm. this week. Um, soccer, or as I like to now call it, football. <laughs> Not me, the whole rest of the world, but me and Ryan were talking about this today. Yeah. Um, football is in full swing in, uh, over in England, in Italy, and everywhere else around the world. Um, hockey, is hockey making a comeback? What are they doing? I, I don't know exactly what's going on with hockey, but I think they're trying to figure it out. Okay. Yeah, they're gearing they're up for a expi- restart, I'm pretty sure. They're doing like some... Uh, like preseason, uh, not preseason games, right. but like, uh, like warm up games, like scrimmages, pre- and stuff yeah. like that to get ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Um, and football, which I wanted to start talking about, football has proposed a deal, right, to the NFL Players Association, and the Players Association accepted it. Correct? That they did. So what does that mean? Did you send that in the chat? Um, that that no. screenshot there. I don't think so. I they did. are playing though. The, they, the, the yep. proposal said they will play. Um, no, no preseason games, I believe. And now it's just time to get started. And I, I guess once they start, it's just, they're rolling out the tape and, or the carpet and let's go. The Texans, the Texans and Chiefs already reported to training camp Saturday. The rest of the teams are reporting wow. Tuesday. Okay. So I think okay. the opening night game is Chiefs versus Texans on Thursday night. Yes. I think. So that's why they reported a couple of days earlier. Okay. But yeah, they're, they're there. Wow. They're ready to go. Man, I, 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 that makes me so happy. Now, and I want everyone to be safe, and, and I know they put the right protocols in place. I hope everybody continues to operate under those circumstances the right way, which mm-hmm. I know they will. Um, and we can get an NFL season, and we can get sports back because it means so much to all of us. But more importantly, I want the players and I want their families to be safe as well because right. that's the main people. You know, we, we just become we're just entertained and that's great and awesome. And we think we're got some type of investment in it. If you've seen us on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday or during the week or whatever it may be, you think we got some type of stock in the team <laughs> and whatever team we root for. Right. But I feel like football means more when that's back for some reason. Like I'm pumped. Baseball's back. I watch a couple baseball games here. I don't know if you guys have it all. Yep, I have. Um no fans. I got no problem with that. Yeah, it's fine. Cardboard cutouts. Cardboard cutouts <laughs> actually yeah. cool, you know. Um, s- soccer. I'll just call it that because the rest of our fans, if I keep calling the football, they're going to get confused. Soccer all around the world pumps um, sound effects in. Right. It's amazing. Baseball's doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like for the guys who are there, there feels like there's fans there in some way, in some form. But these guys are performers. These guys are athletes. These guys are professionals. These guys go out there, and they're going to play regardless. So maybe a couple games in, they're a little like, ah, it's a little weird. They got no problem with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They know what to do. They're going to handle business. I was telling Ryan, before we get back on football, I think basketball is going to be like an intense, intense, the way those scrimmages or those summer games are. I think they're going to be awesome. I really think it's going to be super competitive out there. Right, Rod? Do you agree? Right. Yeah, we were talking about how it, it kind of – we were watching the scrimmages the other day, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminded us of, like, when you go on YouTube and watch, like, the 
summer scrimmages that they do or like sort of like the Drew League in a way, mm-hmm. something like that. Obviously with no fans there, but like an empty gym, just like playing the game of basketball. And I know a lot of the lineups, you know, are mixed up and a lot of the rosters aren't exactly what they were at the beginning of the season. Mm. But I feel like the guys who came came to actually play. Yeah. Uh, at least that's what it looks like so far. So yeah. it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Like when you're watching a game, like when you play basketball, you hear all that the screeching from the the shoes and stuff. Like mm. so, right. you hear all of that during the you know during during the game. You hear the guys mm. talking to each other. So it's cool you can see the as- that aspect of the game. Yeah. You know, you don't have all the other noise, and so it's pretty cool. Which as a pure fan, I love. Right. That's why I love. I mean, I want the fans back, obviously, but like UFC, same thing. They're fighting with no fans. You could hear the strikes. Everything. You could hear the contact, the kicks, the punches, the coaches in the background. Right. Like, I want to hear that in basketball, too. Yeah. I want to hear that in football. You know, baseball, I think the cool part about that is that they're inviting guys in because it's kind of like the announcers aren't there either. Mm-hmm. They're not there. But they're inviting different guys in, like old players, to come in and talk about the game who maybe it would be harder to do if they were having the game live and they were at the stadium. Right. One thing I wanted to say was what you were just talking about, about hearing the noise of the actual game and like being like a pure fan of the sport, is like we always, before all this was happening, wanted to get like players mic'd up, hear what's going on on the field, hear what's going on on the court. And now it's like with the uh, lack of fans or the crowd noise, it's almost like you you get that just through the broadcast. Yes. You start to hear a little bit more. You get to start get a feel of what what they're going through on the on the field Mm -hmm. on the court. So I feel like that's another aspect of it where we can appreciate that. uh, As being a good thing in a way, even if it does feel a little weird at first. Definitely. Oh, I'm so down for that. Um, a yeah. little bit of UFC on last night. Yes, um, we talked about good that fights. Bit. Yeah, definitely good fights. The big one, um, Whitaker versus Till, great fight. Yeah, Whitaker winning. Um, now he puts himself back in the position to fight the winner of uh, Israel Adesanya, the style bender versus Paulo Costa, which should be finalized really, really soon here. Um, Dana White said so. That'll be for the um, uh, lightweight. Right? No, no. Well, uh, no, no. Welterweight is Kamaru Usman. That's middleweight. Uh, middleweight for the yeah, middleweight. Middleweight. So, style bender versus Paul Gass- Paulo Costa for the middleweight belt, um, and then that the winner of that. Uh, I'm sorry, Whitaker will get the winner of that. I think it's gonna be Adesanya, but that's a neither here nor there. We could pick that when that time comes. Right. The UFC's doing great, man. Absolutely great. Went to Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. Got the international fighters to go over there. Awesome. That Chain- was the last fight. Over there, correct? I believe so. They're going to come back, do a couple yeah, back in uh, Vegas or whatever. The Apex, or wherever. The Apex, yeah. And then they're going to go back to the island or whatever. Yeah. Um, great. And sports has to change, right, in some way. But you know what? There is some sports things happening as usual. Players demanding things. Players saying they want to go here or there. Not even has short for <laughs> season yet. And then he gets traded today, Jamal Adams. You know, this is, this is, this is, this is routine. Yeah. If they were in camp, he might not shown up. I saw a meme today. I, I think I sent it in that chat, but yeah. like that, it was like uh, the NFL went full NBA mode this year. They like did. all these big star names going to different teams. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes getting a five hundred three million dollar deal. Like that's not NFL like. You know, you don't really see these big name players getting traded like they did this year. Right. You know, in the NBA, we're used to that and we look forward. So it was pretty. You know, I I think you oh, might yeah. have the thing. I where, do. I have uh, it here. Brady to Tampa Bay, Cam to the Patriots, Hopkins to Arizona. Adams to Seattle, Gronk 
is unretired, and now he plays for the Buccaneers, too. <laughs> Rivers to the Indiana, um, the Indianapolis Colts. Teddy Bridgewater goes to Carolina and places Cam. Todd Gurley goes to Atlanta. Stephon Diggs goes to Buffalo. Darius Slay goes to the Eagles. J-Bo, who's that? Goes to New Orleans. J-Bo, not quite sure who that is. I don't know. We'll get that for you. Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders to New Orleans. Calais Campbell to Baltimore. Um... Christian McCaffrey, the highest paid running, running back. back ever, and Patrick Mahone's biggest sports deal ever. Which, before we talk about Adams for a second, now that I bring that up, I can't believe that a football player is being paid more than a baseball player. I'm happy about it, but usually it's the baseball guys who are the and 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 the you know football. Let's call it that, so we can break it down for people. <laughs> yeah, they're usually you know, the top paid. The athletes. international soccer players they get paid a ton yes. of money too. Those are usually the guys who do. But now you got a you got an NFL quarterback. I think when you break it down, though, they're probably uh, well. No, I mean, who, what did uh, Mookie Betts just sign for? Twelve years for like three hundred and twenty something. Yeah. So yeah, that's less than Mahomes. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking maybe like the yearly breakdowns a little mm-hmm. different, but no, Mahomes is. And Mike Trout's deal was huge last year or so, whatever that yeah, was. Manny Machado got a huge mm-hmm. one. Mike Trout, yeah. Bryce Harper when he got traded. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys got. But big Mike Trout's deal was year. was the highest. Stanton got the yeah. extension with the I Yankees. I think ever out of all the all the, all the baseball players. And now you got a guy making that type of money. Let's just say that an NFL player. Mm-hmm. So the things are on the come up, and that's awesome yes. for NFL players because they deserve they, it. They do. And this guy, after I'm reading this from Bleacher Report, and they run down all those things, how the NFL turned into the NBA yeah. this um, this offseason, one of the people got a comment, who is J-Bo? So we're not the only ones who look at <laughs> who J-Bo is. J-Bo. That's in here? Yeah. Let's talk about Jamal Adams, right? So Jamal Adams is a New York Jet. He gets drafted as a New York Jet. I believe he plays like three seasons there, is, is a dominant safety at his position. He starts to make a little fuss. I wish Frankie was here for this because me, Frankie, and Pat got into a huge discussion about it earlier today <laughs> and what that means. So a- Adams goes to social media. He goes on an interview. He's talking about the coaches, the culture, the everything going on over there, and he wants more money. They finally trade him to Seattle. Jeb Boo is Jameis Winston. Oh, okay. He went to the, the Saints as a backup. Jay Boo? That's what they call I him? I guess so. I just okay. Googled it. Okay. Well, Jabu? Jabu, yeah. Okay, whatever. All right, it's fine. Um, what do you think about the Adams deal? Do you think he went about it? What do you think? How How do you think he, he went about it? How does that sit with you? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I personally don't like to see talent like that get wasted on a bum team like the Jets. The Jets, they're just in a rough spot right now. They're not winning right now. They're still hoping Sam Darnold becomes this 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 great quarterback. Uh mm-hmm. You know, I was on the bandwagon of Adam Gaze going there and turning over that that program, but it's just a, it's just another an, another circus, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you're a part of the team that's like that, and there's no, you don't really see too much potential in the future, and you're 24, you're at the prime of your career. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would want to get traded too. So the things he said and done were he did to get traded. Mm-hmm. Every, everything he said, right. you know. Yeah. With, and it worked. It ended up getting him traded to a, a good team, yeah. to Seattle, which yeah. I think is a great fit for him. Seattle wins. They have a good chance of winning a Super Bowl a lot sooner than the Jets do. Yep. Um, 
But I think the the, the, the the trade worked out great for the Jets. Yeah. I mean, they're getting a couple first-round picks, a fourth-round pick, a safety back. So, I mean, both sides, I think, ended up winning on it. But the way he handled it, I mean, he wanted out. He did what he had to do to get out. And it is what it yeah. is. That's how I look at it, I you mean, know? I got no issue with it for, I mean, two reasons, really. One being, I'm not sure if he lied about a single thing that he said like yep like he was just telling it how it is his situation and like rich said it's something he was doing to you know he wanted out of there it wasn't like he was trying to make a bunch of friends and make sure everything's cool but two like mike said before these are these are professionals but they're also entertainers in a way Mm -hmm. and having a platform on social media being like a big social media age that uh we're in right now that's a lot of the time how you use your platform for, to get what you want, mm-hmm. right? You have that power to speak and speak your mind. And a lot of the times, I guess, before all this, something like that happened, who would, what would you have to go do? You'd have to go talk to upper management. See, or try whole, to get like an ESPN, like right, sit interview. down interview to be, to be able to be heard. Right. Now you hop on your phone <laughs> from, your, from your verified account. <laughs> exactly. A couple tweets and there, there you, you go. go. Now you're trading the next week. So. <laughs> I feel like he he was smart about it in a way that it w- it was time for him to make like a big enough splash to to get himself out of there. Th- so I, I'm gonna, fine with it. Yeah, and this is going to happen way more often. Right. When when a, when a good talent yeah. on a crappy team, they're just going to go to social media, tweet a couple things, and get traded. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey did the same thing in with, with the Jags. He didn't even show up. Yeah, that's what I mean. And he ended up getting traded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all these good athletes that get stuck on crappy team, at some point they're going to want out and they're yeah. going to do whatever they have to do to get out. And I agree with you. I don't want to see a guy of that talent exactly. sit on a team for his whole career and for what? and do nothing mm-hmm. and, and, and and waste a whole talent. Look at Barry Sanders. Exactly. You know, guy a guy Megatron. like that. Yeah, a guy like that, okay? And that's from the same organization, okay? <laughs> wow. um, where it's like you got a guy who is unbelievable, who should be able to make a playoff run, who a guy should be able to use his talent to benefit his team, a guy who should be able to entertain fans and still get wins and get paid for it. He deserves that. Yeah. I don't want to see him sit there for another two, three years yeah. but- and, and and argue this the contract situation and them they they're they're a couple years out you okay that's my opinion Easily. the jets are seattle's not seattle's a win every type of year team exactly. and the jets now get a 2021 and a 2022 first round pick and in 2021 they also get a third round pick and they get a safety back bradley McDougal. yeah i don't know who that is but sorry bradley and the, and the Seattle gets Jamal Adams and a 2022 fourth round pick. So ESPN has the Jets as a grade B plus and Seattle as a C plus. They're crazy. Which I disagree but, with. But. Well, you know what? I don't know. Because, I mean, the Jets are getting two first round picks. I said it in their group mm-hmm. chat. I think this year Adam Gaze is on his last year. I think if he can't show any type of, uh, you know, them going forward, Progress, yeah. Pro- progress, that's the word. Simple word, but I couldn't find a word no, to say. Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if he can't show any this year, they're yeah. going to get let him go. And then they're going to bring in a new coach. And that new coach has two first-round picks to work with. Yeah. Mm. And to build that team the way he wants and to build that team to maybe win a championship. Yeah. But I want to ask you guys a question. With these teams like this that have a superstar like Jamal Adams, why make it a huge issue? I understand like sometimes you want to build around him, mm-hmm. but when you're not doing that, 
why are you holding on to him? Is it just because you want the control over him? Like, why not trade him and get picks to actually better your team? Yeah, you got lucky. You you got a jackpot and you nailed Jamal Adams in a draft and he and he's a great safety. It, it, it wasn't a jackpot though, and I I love your question, and I'm happy we get to answers. But yeah. it wasn't. It, it was obvious. The guy was dominant yes. at LSU. He was a dominant safety who you could play at any position. Agreed. You could play linebacker if you wanted to. He just so happens to play safety. But sometimes you you draft those high up yep. guys, and and they they kind of take a little dump in the NFL. But this guy lived up to the hype, and he's right. doing exactly what he needs to do. So when you have a player like that. Why are like like I said? Why hold on to him? Trade him. Yeah. Get all these draft picks well, back and build your team. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in a situation because now, mm-hmm. um, you know, Seattle traded all these picks because they're at a win now mm-hmm. situation. So right. they could afford to get rid of their picks because they're trying to win in the next couple of years. Yeah. Maybe four or five years, they're in a situation as the Jets. They might have a stud player that they might have to trade to get picks. You know, mm-hmm. like that's how it should work. Go back and forth with these right. teams. I think a a lot of the well, it's just speculation, obviously, but. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with making sure you get the value that the player is going to return for the other team, right? So you don't want to you don't want to trade away a guy like Jamal Adams and then think, wow, maybe I, I should have gotten an extra this, this, and that because look at him, look what he's doing on this team. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, I at least personally, I think that organizations like to hold on to players like that, especially when they don't think they're going anywhere in the next few years to maybe try and raise the value because maybe he comes back. Let's say he comes back to the Jets this year and has an even better season. Now, look, what else are you going to get for him on top of what you might have got? So Mm -hmm. I think it's really an exploitation of the players uh, in a way to like try to see what sort of value they hold and maybe try and increase that. Because in the end, it's like we say, it's always a business. It's always a business for the guys in the suits and stuff. So I think that that might be a big part of it. Why they hold on to a player like that if they? But these players nowadays are just sitting out. You right. know what? You don't want to trade me. I'm sitting out. So now, right. now he's losing value. Right. Look what happened with Bell. He sat well, out. He lost value. Well, the I think Pittsburgh Steelers got nothing from it for him. Well, I think in that situation, if the guy sits out, being um, the guy loses money. So it hurts them. So I think then the suits once again win again because then they're like, well, you just lose money. And we were already losing games, so we don't care. True. And that's right. when these players need to flip it on them and say, listen, you need to trade me because I gave you three good years. I didn't give you one good year or two good years. I gave you three good years. And last year he, aver- he had six and a half sacks at a safety position. A ton of tackles. Guy's unbelievable. He's an all-pro. Pro bowler. Come on, man. This guy's unbelievable. He's maybe the best safety in football right now. Super athletic. And now you're holding him hostage. He's telling you you don't want to play there. He gave you three years. You didn't improve the team in the three years that he's been there. You're just okay with doing whatever you want to do. And the Jets, and I'm sorry, Jeff fans, but this is going to be an organization where you're going to take these draft picks and still do nothing is what I believe. Seattle gets a guy like Jamal Adams, and and they and then it, it, it propels them to win so many more games and makes that defense so much better. And they did that to keep up with the 49ers because they were in yes. this race too, and so were the Cowboys. Those were the teams who were looking at Jamal Adams, and Seattle jumped in and said, well, well maybe we got to get him too. But I agree with Ryan totally in the sense of what they, what they do is they say, well, we're just going to hold him because we need to get back what he's gonna, what he's worth, mm-hmm. and we're not gonna budge until we get exactly what we want. Right. So we'll hold you forever, and you don't want to show up. Then don't show up yeah. is what they're saying in their head. I believe, and then 
Finally, they say to themselves, all right, this is what they felt like they were comfortable with. Okay, that's no problem. But you will never get another guy like him. These are once-in-a-lifetime type guys when this guy comes into the NFL. Seattle got an absolute beast of a football player, okay? You could say whatever you want about the guy and how he got out of it, but that's what the owners do too. Mm -hmm. They hold you hostage, so what are you going to do? And it's a day of social media. I'm just going to go on here and start airing you out. You got to use the weapons you have, especially. So you don't don't want to let me go? Now I'm going to start airing you out. And that's how he felt, okay? Listen, I have a job. You have a job, right? You have a job. We have had jobs before where it's like, I feel like I'm performing way more than what Oh, my yeah. company is yeah. paying me Definitely. for, okay? Definitely. And we all, we all, I'm a company man. We all are. We love our companies. But that is realistic. He was outperforming his team, and his team was not building around him to get better. They're okay with being mediocre. They're not surrounding Sam Donald with anybody. They brought in Le'Veon Bell. He don't even want to be there. <laughs> and now he says something about Jamal Adams. He has no room to say anything. He should have just said nothing, said whatever, whatever's in the base, best case scenario for Jamal Adams, that's what I'm happy with, and move on. Okay? Agree. I agree. I, I don't think he should have said anything. Right. I, I, I do think, though, like what Frankie said, because he's not here right now, but in the chat, I think Jamal Adams was part of the pitch to get him to the Jets. You know what I mean? Jamal because, Adams put the pitch together to get Le'Veon Bell to the Jets. He was a superstar there, showing you know promise to Le'Veon Bell. Like, listen, this program is we're 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 trying to build to win a championship. Come over here. I mean, I don't know if that's true. It was but also the thirteen million he's getting last year, and the fourteen million he's getting this year, and the fifteen too. million he's going to get the year after that. That helped too. But when the best team on your team besides you leaves, best player on your team, okay, leaves. Okay, that's fine. But here's the deal: you that, gotta, that hurts a little bit. Why did you even go there? Le'Veon Bell. Jamal Adams got drafted there. He didn't have a choice. Le'Veon Bell had a choice. Right. Jamal Adams has a choice. These guys need to have choices. I agree. You know, I gave you three years. Now, the first thing was I want more money. Mm -hmm. That's where he started with this thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I could have sworn when this jumped off a couple months ago or even last year, it was, yo, at the end of last year, I need more money. But I think you. I think he said he wanted out. I, I don't. I don't even well, think he wanted more want money out. with the Jets. Well, now it's, then I think it turned into I want out. M- many players have done this before. Oh yeah. And many players have been wasted on a team. That's not right. Let this guy go. Let this guy do his thing. Part ways with him, and that's that. Because we've seen it done numerous times in sports. And more than likely, if you don't do it sooner than later, and I think they don't do it sooner than later teams because they don't want to. They don't want to fold. Mm-hmm. That's it. They don't want to. Oh, well, well, this guy got to say. The players got all to say. They they would right. they never want to do that. No, no, never. But I feel like if you do, and you say, okay, you don't want to be here anymore. You, maybe you meet with him and say, okay, do you really not want to be here anymore? What is it really? Mm-hmm. Is it is it you don't feel like we're going to be successful, or you just honestly don't see yourself here? Because if you don't, okay, we're going to try to make a move, but we're going to make a move that's beneficial for us and for you. Mm-hmm. So you got to hold in. Right. We're going to start calling people and making deals and figuring things Keep out. Keep the communication clear with that. I feel like there's a 100%. lot of obscure, oh, you know, we'll get to that, or not a lot of direct communication between yes. the players and what you know their future holds in terms of what the guys up top are going to do with them. So yeah, that's why I feel like, especially with social media and stuff, that's the tools that they have at their disposal to make sure their voice is heard. Even when, even if the organization isn't willing to hear it, mm-hmm. sometimes it, you get enough pressure from the fans and from the media that'll make some some people move around. So. Yeah, and believe me, I don't want to see him in Seattle because <laughs> the Cowboys got to play them. He's unbelievable. The guy is 
wreaks havoc against other teams, and he makes you game plan for him and around him. It's unbelievable. But from the words of Jamal Adams, tweeted out eight hours ago, forgive those who hate you and love your enemies. Good the Jets, go. good luck, bro. But you, you ain't finding another Jamal Adams. <laughs> Make it work. Make those draft picks work. Did you have anything else to say, Rich? No, I'm just talking back on those uh, those tweets that we had. Be- not the tweets, the oh, on Insta uh, on, on our group chat. This the other screenshots there. Yeah. So that's a this is a freestyle mm-hmm. episode of Respect the Chat. We so, got the wide receivers we could talk about, the fantasy tiers. Yeah. I wanted to talk uh, about that. Do you have that that you could just start and I'll, and I'll send it to Ryan? Yeah, I have it right that here. That was that was hilarious. I'll screenshot it and send it to you guys. Oh, here. Let's look, let's just talk about this real quick. Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if he tweeted this or he put it on Instagram. He said People do all the hooting and hollering to get you brought in just to leave. LOL. Like, people, weird, yo. The internet got these dudes doing whatever for attention, even when they tell you crap they don't believe themselves. And then Jamal Adams, back to Le'Veon Bell, says, noted, see you week 14. Dang. Holla at me, dog. Dang. When I'm coming down from the safety position. And I'm a Le'Veon Bell fan, but Le'Veon Bell has got to chill and not say what he's saying and play football. Don't let this or- this organization ain't going to back you up, bro, yeah. when you're looking now to do something different in a year, two years, whatever it may be. If you outplayed your deal or you still stink after three more years, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But we'll see what happens. See you in week 14. That's what, Le- that's what Jamal Adams said. Can you find it, Rich? Yeah, I, sent it, I sent it to you guys. I'm, okay. I, I got a couple yeah, I more. Just got it. Okay. So this is something that we, 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 we find these things rich. What are they on? Instagram they yeah, sent this, us yep. and whatnot? Instagram. Just on a couple of things that me and Frankie follow. So there's some topics. Like the one CBS Sports, it ranks this what, the tier wide receiver tiers? Yes, yes. For fantasy this year. Okay, so fantasy football wide receiver tiers, CBS Sports puts out. They got a mega elite is their first tier. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that in fantasy. No. Those are your mega elite super wide receivers. Yes, that is. Can you think of anybody else you'd want to throw in there as a mega elite receiver? Odell, is he out of that? They had him in something else later on. But is Odell out of that because he had one bad year? I think so. Okay. Is Keenan Allen not in there because he had a down year? Like I'm thinking, the guy. I'm trying to think of guys who, like, year after year, you like, man, I want. That's a good receiver you got, bro. Mm-hmm. That's a real good receiver you got. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. I totally agree with. But these are like mega. Like these are Tyree Kill and Devonte Adams. Okay, we're good. We're good I'm with good that. I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay, we're good with the mega tier. The studs they got: Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, your boy Rich, DJ Moore, which I was very surprised about, and Cooper Cup, which I'm surprised about too. That's a that's studs. These guys are just PPR studs. That's why too. Okay. Cooper Cup gets freaking eight catches a game, over a hundred yards, and probably a touchdown. I mean, that's that's twenty points. A week in fantasy. DJ Moore had a really good l- year last year. Mm-hmm. Who knows what he's going to do with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Right. But uh, same thing, you know, a lot of receptions, yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. So I think my thing with this is that, especially the studs tier, is that it feels like real minimal. If you're going to call the four that they put studs, I feel like a couple of the guys with in the next tier could also be bumped up a little bit. Agree. Agreed. I think that they were a little strict. They felt stricter on the studs tier than the mega elite tier. I feel like they were definitely. 
like they were they were restricting how many people they put in the studs tier. Yeah. And then threw everybody below it. But first of all, the the name of each one, Mega Elite Studs, huge upgrade, good, not great yet, and high floors. That's how CBS whoever put that out, CBS. <laughs> yeah, well, check them. The check whoever that name? did and rename that, those tiers. Yeah. Not great. Not great names, as Frankie would say, of tears. They're obscure. Like, Not great. What does that even mean? I get, half, I, half of it. High floors, I get I get that. Right. High upside? No, the high floors, the one all the way at the bottom. Oh. Because right. T.Y. Hilton has... What does that mean? What does a high so floor mean? That Why they are they all the way be, at the bottom, though? That they could be like the, one of the top receivers. Okay. That's just how they, they, so, that's, that's how they, how they wrote it. So like the high, high floor means like... So the ce- They high, could be studs? A high ceiling would be like they have so much potential mm. to be... But they like, could be a bust. Yeah. So a high ceiling. So a high floor would be like average. Like okay. If you have a high floor, you're at least this good. Mm. Like you may not be have the potential to be fantastic or phenomenal, mm. but you're you're good yeah. and you're not going to go below your floor. So if you have a high floor, that's like the, yeah, the potential because like, the potential is 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 going to be the, really good in your favor. Because all these guys are good receivers. Right. You know, yeah, but, but that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I feel like that's a that's a bad name for that. DK Metcalf, uh, yeah, I, yeah, he has a high floor, but I think he has I, a higher ceiling than he has a higher floor. Like, I feel like he has yeah. more upside. Yeah, than he has a. He just he he just what started he, last year. Yeah, but the thing and he Ke- killed it last year. But he played very well last year. Keenan Allen DK doesn't know who his quarterback is going to be. So that's a this that, that should be called a dice roll. <laughs> that's what he should I be on the dice roll. T. Y. Hillen and Keenan Allen for me are like the two that maybe high floor is like. I think A. J. Green and Stephon Diggs are, are right there too. I think I think that's pretty accurate with those two. Right. Well, so A. J. Green's a beast, but no one knows what if Burrow's actually going to be good. Right. Right. Okay. Like so that's what I'm saying. Like I get the gist of what a high floor means, but based on the guy's quarterback, you're going to tell me. That this guy has, that this guy can be very good. What do you hear? You hear something crazy? Coyotes. Really? Yeah. I wonder if anyone else hears coyotes door. in the background. We 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 record in the woods with the with the garage door open. We should probably close that because the other night a bear was inside Christian's garage. Really? Yes. Dang. So we should probably close that so we don't get attacked by no bear. We're gonna hear that though. Podcast. That's all right. Keep well, your this, eyes peeled. Keep your yeah. eyes peeled. You could be right there. They'll what? get, they'll Until get it rounds you two the first, and then I'll be able to save y'all. We'll be okay. All right. DK Metcalf has Kurt, has Kurt, as Russell Wilson as his quarterback. Yeah. So I don't think he's a high floor. I think he's, I think I think he's a high floor. But Keenan Allen, T. Y. Hilton, and A. J. Green are a dice roll. That's what they are. Yeah. They're a straight dice roll. That's a motorcycle. <laughs> Stephon Diggs has a high floor. So I would put Metcalf and Diggs in a high floor, or if that's what you want to call it, and I put Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hill, and A.J. Green in the dice roll. Hmm. I the, would... the, the, the studs one, I agree with you. It needs to be more guys in the studs. Right. Because they have a huge upside section, and they have Calvin Ridley there, T, T, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, the... Allen Robinson, Bobby Woods, yeah, I gotta... and, and uh, Adam Thielen. So I would bump up at least Mike Evans into the studs. Yeah. I have no, like huge upside to me is like they have a ton of potential. They're good already and they still have more potential to grow. Correct. And to me, 
Mike Evans, especially in fantasy, if we're just talking fantasy football tiers here, like he's he's a stud. Oh yeah, and he's getting Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like, I don't know how much more he has to prove to get himself into that. Like how how would Chris Godwin be there and then him? They're like twins on the yeah <laughs> on the field. Like Mike Evans has done it consistently, right? Almost every year, and Chris Godwin has done it one year. Yeah, I think they just have it. So mixed. they need to flip flop. I think that. they have the titles mixed. Up. I don't mm. really think they understand what they were going for there. That's like, what I'm saying. Like a huge upside and a high floor. Like that's just like that's cryptic language. Like, yes. Just say what you mean. So Good, not great yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is what I would do. I would bump up Evans, Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley, up to the studs is what right. I would do. Ridley, right. Mike Evans, and Adam Thielen up to the studs. Because they have the same quarterback, if not a better quarterback, throwing them the ball. And they have a great and, – and, and they've proven already that they could be really mm-hmm. good. Calvin Ridley is definitely going to be – he's an upside guy. Right. He's an upside guy. But, but I think he's going to be a stud very quickly here. Yeah. Allen Robinson got, got uh, Nick Foles there now. What's that going to look like? Bobby Woods. He's the number two receiver there. They lost Brandon Cook. Okay, so. so I like his. I like him a huge upside. You can keep him there in that section. Tyler Lockett, he always has good upside. But Tyler Lockett is like a throw the ball down the field 90 yards or who knows what he does. No, he that kept, should be a boom or bust. Nah. You like no. Tyler Lockett? I like Tyler Lockett. Okay. He, he, he catches the ball. He's a good PPR All guy right. too. At least last year, he would... When he first came in the league, he was that wide receiver, like exactly what you said. Just go deep, throw the ball up to him. Mm-hmm. But lately, he's been developed into – he's like a Doug Baldwin now. Okay. You know, since he retired, he, he filled in perfectly with those. So, yeah. I mean, I think on the, the, the next year, I think, I mean, Cortland Sutton, I think, has a huge upside. How about this tier? It's called good, not, not great. great. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say for the people who can't see what we're looking at here, mm-hmm. for so the tier list goes from the top to the bottom. I'm assuming – Top is better, bottom is worse, right? Correct. So when the t- when the lists, with the names of each tier are mega elite, goes studs, then huge upside, then this one which is good, not great yet, mm. then high floors as the worst tier. I guess so. I I don't understand how good, yeah. not great yet, is better than high floors. Me either. That Me either. Even, that doesn't make sense. This is what right. I'm saying. CBS Sports bad, really bad. The way you broke this down. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. We gotta re- we gotta break this down the way the RDC would right. break we it down. We gotta do it the RDC way. So we'll go. We'll go with the mega elite guys. We added right. some guys into the studs, the huge upside guys. We said who we think you like, but I would even put AJ Brown a huge upside. Right. I would put. I would put. Um. Um. Uh. uh Cortland Sutton in a huge upside. Agree. <clears throat> yeah. I would. I. Amari Cooper is really good, not great yet. I don't know what that means. Amari Cooper has huge upside to me. He's always had huge upside. He has he's he's a he's a he's the number one guy on the Cowboys team. He's gonna get one on ones all year. Mm-hmm. He that's a huge upside guy to me. Uh, I no? agree. I, I Odell Beckham is a huge upside guy to yes. me. Yes, but the problem with those two guys right there is they had years where they killed it, and they also had years where they didn't do as great. Which I mean. With that describing how they were playing, I don't understand how good, not great yet is a yeah is a description for them because it's like they were great at some years and I guess inconsistent would be That's, what you want to yeah. say like yeah I don't know what we need to do is we need to put our list together right we need to agree on it we'll put it in the chat and then we'll and then we'll compare CBS's list side by side to our list yeah. there we go and, and let the fans together. vote on rename it. the tiers 
Rename the tiers first Our of all. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm with it. And then let the fans vote and see who who did I better. I like it. Right. We'll work right, on we'll that this week. That. Definitely. We'll put, throw it up on the Instagram. Let's jump to... Oh, here. We'll, we'll stick with football before we go over there. And Rich, put, Rich just texted us there. Pick your Hail Mary combo from the 50-yard line with a second left on the clock. <laughs> wow. You have to pick your Hail Mary combo, a quarterback and a wide receiver. They got Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson are the quarterbacks. The receivers are Odell Beckham, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and can't guard Mike, Mike Thomas. So. Wow. You oof. I want to see you Mahomes know, throw one up to Hopkins. Wow. Mahomes to Hopkins. That's it. Is your Hail Mary combo from the 50-yard line with one second left. I was going to go Mahomes, Julio Jones. Mahomes wow. to Julio Jones, yep. I go Mahomes, Odell Beckham. Wow. wow. So we all went. We all went different receiver, but it all went the same quarterback. <laughs> slinging that thing. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers has had a lot of success in this. Yeah, he's pro- he's proven yeah. that he can do something. Lamar like that. Jackson is not throwing a hail mary. He's going to run fifty, <laughs> yard, 50 <laughs> yards. He might not need left. the receiver. Yeah. Right. Um, Deshaun Watson can do it. He's got a great. Russell um, Wilson done it too. And Russell Wilson has done it too. But yeah. he's going to keep in the play alive, Russell Wilson. Like, yes, Russell Wilson going to keep the ball alive. The throw it maybe. 40 yards, let the guy run the rest. 30 yards, let the guy run the rest. Lamar Jackson's running it. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is throwing the bomb. Okay. And Deshaun Watson, I feel like Deshaun Watson could take off too. He might yeah. run down the field or he might throw like a 40, 45 yarder and let the guy run the rest, you know, or a slant or something, let the guy run the yeah. rest. But you went Hopkins, Ryan went Julio Jones, I went Odell. And the reason why I go Odell is because I think the guy could jump out of the building. He could catch it with one hand if need be. He's just he's just freakishly athletic to me. Yeah. So he could he can and he can get down the field faster than you. So really, you just gotta throw it and let him catch up to it. That would be my move: launch it and let him catch up, and then jump over everybody else. And I was thinking that with Tyreek Hill, I was mm. thinking like he was my second option, yeah. Tyreek Hill. I was thinking if he just takes off and he's just getting down there, because I'm assuming one second left, they're lining the goal line anyway. Yes. So, Tyreek Hill's not that tall, right? So he's not gonna be. So able he to has done it before. Why, not from 50 yards, but Mahomes has thrown him one, and he's jumped and caught yeah, but, it and landed in the end zone. Yeah, but that's not with one second left when you have I five guys already right. in, in, in the Right, and that's why, I picked, that's why I picked Julio Jones because it's like the defense is going to adjust to that. He's not going to beat anyone down the field because they're already going to be yeah. guarding the end zone. So I think Julio Jones is just big, get up there. Box somebody the out, yep. snatch that thing out the air. Grab it, yep. And Hopkins, what's the throwing on Hopkins? He doesn't drop anything. Okay. So he's going up, getting it, and coming yeah. down with it. I ain't mad at you. See what the fans think. Contemplate that over in your head. <laughs> um, the two other things Rich sent us here are, let's talk about Iverson, right? Allen Iverson. This is from ESPN. If Allen Iverson was 6'6", he would have been the greatest player who ever lived. Max Kellerman said that. That's, that's what Max a, Kellerman it's, said? It's a yeah, that's a, Max Kellerman. Yep. Okay. Yep. Agree? Disagree? I'm a huge Debate. AI fan. What do you want to do here? Huge AI fan. So, I don't know. If he was wow. if he was 6-6 six and six in the finals, he would have been the greatest. No, no. That's what it says? Yeah. I, if he was 6-6 six and six If in the Iverson finals? was 6-6, six and six, he would have been the greatest oh, player. 6-for-6 six six in the finals? Yeah. Oh, I took it as if he was 6-6. Six, six. No, 6-for-6, six six, like, oh, okay. like, like Jordan. I, t- I read that wrong then. If he was 6-for-6 six six in the finals. Would he be better than Jordan if they both were 6-for-6? Six I mean, you'd have to compare him to him, right? Well, 
Yeah, but I feel like if he were six for six in the finals, there would be there would be a lot more stats that would go his way as well. Like he's in terms yeah. of if if you're just like a strictly numbers person and look at the numbers comparing career stats stuff mm-hmm. like that if he was six for six in the finals his stats would probably look a lot different than they yeah. do yeah it, than they do right now so that's i feel like that's a scenario where like max kellerman is just he's just saying something right <laughs> he's getting, <laughs> getting us to talk they, they gotta make a about story on the rdc but here we are talking like, about it exactly <laughs> but it's like how do you even like what does that even look like right if he goes six or six, now you got to start thinking how many more stats he has, how many more points he has, how many more steals he has because he plays that many more games and wins that. At that I think high the position level. he played and his height and all that stuff behind it. I think, I mean, I I don't know. It's hard, like you said, because we know what happens he if would, who who did he have on his team? Did he carry those teams? And yes, you yes. know what I mean. Yeah, he carried every team, every six. So team. he went six for six carrying the team, being. The only guy. Let me tell you something, though. In my opinion, Iverson played on teams that were similar to Michael Jordan's teams in the sense of they're playing with average guys who they're making a look a lot better. Yeah. Jordan had Scottie Pippen. Iverson never had a Scottie Pippen. If he did, he, he would have been... One for six, two for six. <laughs> At least. He might have had a who, championship. Who or, did play with him? I'm trying to think. Aaron McKee. That's about the greatest guy. Right. Eric Snow. Um, goodness gracious. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember these six or teams. He had a, Kyle Corver, maybe for a little while. He had a couple years with, or if not a year with old Dikembe Mutombo. Yep. Oh, yep. Chris Webber, Andre Iguodala, Larry Hughes. Chris Webber was mad late. Glenn Robinson. Is, I'm just Larry uh, Hughes, ranking yeah. the top 11 Iverson sidekicks. <laughs> yeah, and these guys, so an average fan is not going to even know. So here's 11. Glenn Robinson. Actually, you read this. I'll butcher half of these Glenn Robinson, names. he played with, you know, not in Glenn Robinson's prime. The big dog Glenn Robinson was in his prime when he played for Milwaukee. That's when he was the man. Um, Larry Hughes was always a great slasher type, Latrell Sprewell type player. Yeah. Not the greatest. Didn't live up to his potential. Matt Harpering is the whitest individual ever created, and it's he's like the uh, the Red Rocket. What's the Red Rocket's name? Do you know his Matt name? Matt Bonner. Yeah. Or he, or Brian Scalabrini. Brian That's Scalabrini. Yeah. He's like <laughs> Matthew Matt. Uh, Red Mamba. Yeah. He's like the Red Mamba. Andre Gudala was a great teammate of Iverson, who could have been like his Scottie Pippen. Yeah. If you agree. And my bad, Andre Iguodala. I should have remembered you right off the bat instead of Eric Snow and Aaron McKee. But Andre Iguodala could have been the Pippin to Iverson's. But they only Jordan. played like three years together, right? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't. I don't it, think it was many. He, That's he when was he young. first. He was yeah. real young when he when, first came into the league. Yes. And, and then Iverson, Iverson ended up getting traded to yeah. the Nuggets, right? Right. Then Iguodala. yeah, Iguodala left in his third season. Was traded yeah. in the middle of Iguodala's third exactly. season. Exactly. Yeah. So they only played a couple years together. Chris Webber. That was towards the end of Chris Webber's career, way late. Keith Van Horn, another guy, played for the the New Jersey Nets, was good. What number is he? Six. Okay. Was good. So we got top five coming. Was done at that point. Derek Coleman was done at that point. Derek Coleman played for years, once again, for the Nets and other teams. Lefty, mean lefty, big guy. Was at the end of his career. Tony Kukoc, at the end of his career. Eric Snow, okay, so that's who I named before. That's why I said him. He was a he was a good point guard, Eric Snow. 
But he can't. He couldn't score off a lick. He could run the point guard spot. He could dish the ball. He could bring the ball up the court. He could play defense. Okay. Dikembe Mutombo. At the end of his career, though, and I, really you needed more. Yeah. You know, Dikembe Mutombo was the man for the Nuggets for years. Came to the Sixers, played well, but it's not gonna, had no shot against Shaq right. in the finals right. when he ran into a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? And Aaron McKee. See, so I, I, I do know about basketball. <laughs> I said Aaron McKee, who was number one, and I said Eric Snow, who was three, before Iguodala. Sorry, okay. give yourself a pat on the back, Mike. <laughs> I like I it. Mutombo. Do I get, I'll get one. Mutombo, Mutombo was what? Two, so you get yes, there you definitely. Go. But if I Iverson, if I Iverson did everything he could possibly yeah. do to to get a championship, if he was six for six in the finals, yeah, of course you have to put him up there with Jordan because right. I think that's I think that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? You, it becomes a conversation now. Yeah, yeah. Now he's in the debate with LeBron, Kobe, yes. Jordan, those guys. He's in that debate where as of now he's not. But to say flat out that if that happened then he would be the greatest that ever lived. I don't know. I f- cause you, people all have their opinions, and, and mm-hmm. there's, there's no way to definitively say that. But right. he, I, think, I think he gets up there with that conversation, top three, top two, top four, yeah. wherever you put him. But he gets, that, he gets in the conversation yeah. if that happens. And I think if Iverson and Carmelo would have worked out better in Denver, mm-hmm. I think that was his best shot. That, yeah. was, the, that was the most pure scorer. He was going to play with the guy who could shoulder all the load. That was you know, both of their best shots. That needed to be <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it didn't work out because it wasn't at that. They weren't at that point in their career where, and probably two guys who couldn't do that. Yeah. Two guys who couldn't take on somebody else and, you know, defer to them at times. Right. So that's what hurt them in their career, Iverson mm-hmm. and Melo, is that they were great players who played with each other who couldn't figure out how to really defer to one another so that they could win mm-hmm. more than they could lose, Right. <laughs> to be honest. Richie, checking anything out over there? I was just looking, uh, looking at his playoff. The uh, first year he made a playoffs was in 1998, but then he made it six straight. And then he actually went to the Denver Nuggets and made it two more years. So he yeah. made it to the playoffs eight years straight. I was just trying to... He's a phenomenal player, yeah. Alan Levis. He averaged 27... He could do everything. 27 points a game yeah. through his career. Yeah. Uh, set six assists. Uh, six assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ton of steals. Yeah, oh, it doesn't have that. was unbelievable. I could probably try to find mm-hmm. it. Unbelievable. Um, let's, go to, let's go to boxing before we go to baseball and before we wrap this up. Yeah, we're just winging it right now. Is Mike Tyson is fighting Roy <laughs> Jones Jr. in an eight-round exhibition match. Tyson's back. Oh, my wow. gosh. How old is Tyson? 54. Ooh. All right. Let's look at it like this. All right? Because I love this episode right now. This is the this mm-hmm. is episode got... It's the grab bag. This is the grab bag episode, which I love a good grab bag. Um, first of all, who you got? Tyson all day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Tyson. I feel Tyson's going to hit him one time and Roy... What's this? Roy who? Roy, Roy Jones, Jones Jr. Boop, sleeping. First of all, Roy Jones Jr. is a phenomenal boxer. Has been his whole career. How old is he? He's got to be in his 40s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. Heavyweight? Fought at different weight classes his whole career. He's unbelievable. One of the best boxers ever. Has a ton of knockouts. Was so fast. Was unbelievable. Check If you don't know who Roy Jones Jr. is... Watch a Roy, what, go on YouTube and type in Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. and you will see some heavy duty. He's fifty one. 
He's 51. Tyson's 54. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. All right. So Roy Jones Jr. is absolutely awesome. This is like a, this is like if you're if you were born in the '80s <laughs> and then grew up in fight. the '90s watching this is a phenomenal. You're like, what the heck? How did this happen? It's just crazy that at 50 years old these guys could get in a boxing ring and have yeah. probably put on a good boxing match. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, there was no 50 year old hopping in a ring in oh, boxing. Absolutely. Bernard late- Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins is the only guy who fought late into his career, 45, 46. Wow. Uh, George Foreman fought late in his career, in his late in his forties or so. There's been guys who to do it, but is it hell? You know, I think George Foreman was the one that made the statement like mm. he's nervous for these guys to fight. He should be because they're in their fifties. He's afraid of them taking a hit and it's going to cause damage. Recover yes, yeah, because their bodies are. I mean. You ha- how many years off have you had? Well, my, listen, let's. Mike Tyson's got nothing to lose. <laughs> I'm Mike. Okay, yo, I might put some sense back Roy into Jones him. Jones Jr. has a lot to lose. <laughs> I don't know how silly he is yet, but shout out to Mike Tyson. He's a little silly. He hits Roy Jones. I seen him warming up, and these videos circulate everywhere. He's he's uh, you know with um, Rafael uh, Cordero, who's an MMA coach, um, who just won this weekend with. Shogun Hua, who's forty something years old, yeah. he coached. He coaches Hua, yeah. who, who we watched in the UFC fight just yesterday. So Those he's old, good with older guys. They're turning all the. They're making all the old man fights. Yeah, now. based on the trainer, I got Mike Tyson. Of course, I got Roy Mike Jones Jr. could pack a punch. I have Mike Tyson. And if he was trained by himself, who knows? Yeah, it's also true. Iron Mike. Oh my gosh. All right, we all got Iron Mike. Can't go. I know Frankie got Iron Mike too. You can't bet against Iron Mike. All right, last thing to talk about here. Pick your ultimate wiffle ball team. I grew up playing wiffle ball. I know we all did we all have oh, yeah. playing wiffle ball? All right. Oh, yeah. Um shout out to Chris Brown. Chris Brown loves wiffle ball, man. Um <laughs> wiffle ball squad. Pick your ultimate wiffle ball squad. So you gotta pick a pitcher. You gotta pick um in the first tier. The second pick is uh, you know, just dominant, dominant hitters. We'll get to those guys. And in the third tier, you got to pick two guys who are very good players as well. Yeah. So the first one, you got to pick. We got to pick one pitcher. Um, Degrom, Scherzer. Is that his? Scherzer? Matt Scherzer. Matt yep. Scherzer. Cole and Verlander. Yep. So who you got? Let's just go pitcher first. Pitcher first. In a wiffle ball tourney. Degrom, Scherzer, Cole, or Verlander. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay loyal with my team. I'm gonna go with Degrom. Yeah, I'm going Degrom too. What you go got? Garrett Cole. Okay. Um, the second pick is you. Is either Mike Trout? I don't know this guy's. Cody first. Bellinger. Okay. And then uh, Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich. Who's we're all. MVP. I got Mike Trout. Oh yeah. I got Yelich. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go Trout. Okay. I feel like Mike Trout will crush a wiffle yeah. ball. Yeah. Oh, they're all will. They're all crushing wiffle ball. Yeah, definitely. The definitely. next one's tough though. The next one is not tough for me, but it may be tough for you guys. Have to pick one of those dudes. Yeah. Do you know these guys? Two. Can you, can you say them all? Rich, uh, you want Ryan to say him? You know, I, I know Mookie Betts, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know Francis Lindor, right? Lindor. Something like that. Uh, Plays for the Aaron Indians. Judge. This kid is uh, Alex Bregman. Yeah. Yep. Ho- Jose Baez. Right. Get the his first name? name of the guy from the Rockies. He's really good. What's his last name? How you pronounce it? Do you know Ryan? Arenado. Yep. And then my man. Oh yeah. <laughs> for the Atlanta Braves. How you say his name? Acuna Jr. Acuna Jr. is a beast. I love that dude. So I go Mookie Betts, who's 
could Asun- be my favorite baseball player. Mm-hmm. Mookie Asunia? Betts. I yeah. think it's Asunia. And Asunia Jr.? I think so. I'm not sure. Okay, that's why I got Asunia or Acuna? Yeah, I got Asunia or Acuna Jr. from <laughs> the Braves because he is a beast. And I got Mookie Betts, who I love. And shout out to Mookie Betts for getting the big deal. So my team is DeGrom, Trout, Betts, and Acuna Jr. Wiffle ball champs. Wow. Dang. Yeah, I got Cole, Yelich, Judge, Acuna Jr. I might just roll with Mike. Right? You can't go wrong with that. Here's the deal here of what I say about the second tier. Mm-hmm. Betts, in wiffle ball, mm-hmm. I feel like the taller you are, like a big guy like Judge, I don't know. I feel like you can't, he ain't getting the bat around of, of, to hit a wiffle ball. ball. Yeah. I feel like he's mm-hmm. going to try to hit it harder than he needs to. Hmm. That's where I'm at with Judge. Mm-hmm. Acuna could hit a, a, a tennis ball, a golf ball, a, 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 a wiffle ball. He don't care what it is. I just think that guy could hit. And Betts, I feel like, is a great wiffle ball player. I've never even seen him play wiffle ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just looks like a good wiffle yeah, ball player. Yeah, but this is a really cool thing. Really cool thing. I think wiffle ball, you got to go for more of like a contact hitter than like a power hitter. Correct. Fair enough. That's why I was going with the judge thing too, yeah. Which which I feel like I got with those guys. Agree. Couldn't and, go wrong. And Acuna Jr., he could hit a home run or he could hit a single, double, triple. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. But let me ask you a more important question. When you get the wiffle ball and bat, what do you do? Tape the wiffle ball bat right oh, up. Of course. Oh, yeah, you got to tape it up. You ever play with a stuffed one? I'll Every now and then we cut the bottom and we stuff it. Right. Yeah. With like a newspaper or something like that, like play a wet a tennis paper. And uh, the tennis ball is the way to go. They ain't wiffle ball anymore. <laughs> but we used to always play with a tennis ball. Yeah. yeah. Me and a wiffle ball bat and a tennis ball. Right. That was it. Me and Sir, my next door neighbor, mm. shout out to him. We would play we play wiffle ball consistently. Uh-huh. We had like a notebook where we kept our stats. And nice. Stuff, and our parents would only buy us the little yellow wiffle ball bats. Yeah. So we'd go in, grab the electrical tape, grab yes. the duct tape, hit the ends of it. And whoever can make the best bat, best design, we'd each have our own bats. Awesome. That's pretty cool. And you yeah. would, I, we would tape the end of the bat so you could put your hand on the end of the bat because no one really held it with the two hands on it, I feel like. You, you your one grip. hand was off on the grip you have and the your grip. other hand yeah. was on, on the bat itself. Or you tape the whole bat up and it makes it super heavy. Right. So you got the whole electrical tape on the right. whole joint. The it just makes spot. it easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Wiffle Ball, man. Great. Absolutely great yes. pastime. We should have a Wiffle Ball game. Unbelievable. Oh, great. Yeah. We should be playing Wiffle Ball way more than what we do. <laughs> way more than what we do. Which is never. It's hard enough just right. to get us all to sit at this table. Let all play true. a football That's game. That's true. Also true. I don't know where we're out on time. 55 but minutes. We did a good job there. I Let Frankie chop it up, man. Um, shout out, though, to a just real quick great friend of ours who passed away recently. Uh, my boy, Courtney Geddick, man. Um, Rich's boy. Um, uh, Ryan knows him as well. Frankie boy knows him very well. Great and awesome. Amazing man. Uh, who passed away just recently, and it's going to be very heartfelt for all of us. Um, And Courtney is the type of dude, man, if anyone ever got to meet him, where you walk away from meeting him or hanging out with him or spending any time with him, and you say, I would like to raise my son to be that person. I want that guy, you know, in my life somehow, some way. And uh, he was a man's man, hunted, chopped wood, (laughs) built things, uh, took care of his kids, I mean, first and foremost, was an amazing dad. Um, cooked. Man, the guy did everything. You know what I'm saying? And he did everything great. Introduced me to country music. Huh. NASCAR. Introduced me to NASCAR. Um, called me one time, and he says, 
I need your social security number and your date of birth. <laughs> and he's the only, one of the only people in the world I'd say, okay. <laughs> and I gave it to him with Navin having a clue. And he too was taking me hunting. He was buying me a hunting license. Unbelievable, man. And he's going to be missed. And the most important thing I want to say about him is that we need to be more like him. Agreed. We need more people like him in this world. Mm-hmm. He accepted everybody for who they were. He never looked down upon anybody. And he loved from the bottom of his heart. So shout out to Courtney. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're in a different place, in a better place. And we love you and we miss you. But RDC crew will always be um, about love and, and preaching that and about their friends and family. So we miss him. And uh, shout out to his family. We out.